Guys, good Monday afternoon. I'm Jerry Miller, and welcome to the I Love Seville show. Thank you kindly for joining us live in our building, the Macklin Building in downtown Charlottesville on Market Street. Today's program is dynamic. You, the viewer and listener, can shape the discussion by asking questions, sharing perspective, or just frankly saying, guys, I want you to cover this topic. We routinely weave viewers' and listeners' perspectives and topic suggestions into the program. Judah, you need to change the screens on set to reflect the I Love Seville show, please. Jump in the mix, guys, with ideas. Jump in the mix with anything you want us to cover. We just want to be the water cooler of information, the water cooler of chitter-chatter. I'm going to give props to our partner, the Charlottesville Police Department. Be the change you want to see. Join the Charlottesville Police Department. Mike Cotchis and the Charlottesville Police Department are doing a hell of a job. I left that comment on Nakaya Walker's Facebook page over the weekend. I literally said, as she was bashing the Charlottesville Police Department, Nakaya Walker, yet again, that these men and women under Chief Cotchis's tutelage are changing the direction, the image of policing in our fine and, fair, fine and fair city, and they're doing it for the betterment of this community. I don't want to hear any more nastiness about the men and women in blue. Stop it. Fill the department. We'll give props to David Tricorici at Scuba Boutique Dispensary for being a part of the show. David Tricorici guys and Scuba Boutique Dispensary are doing it the right way by the letter of the law at Skuma. Blue Ridge Venture Fund will highlight that entity in a matter of moments as well. Here are the headlines on, today, on today's show. Sonia Smith, political rainmaker, political kingmaker, kicks 15 grand to Allison Spillman's campaign for the at-large seat in the Almore County School Board race. Dr. Meg Bryce had a sizable lead in fundraising dollars in the previous reporting period. That lead has shrunk, and it's extremely narrow right now. Meg Bryce, $67,083 of fundraising, ammunition, and her war chest. Allison Spillman, $59,037 of fundraising, ammunition, and her war chest. We now have a disparity of eight grand. Bryce previously had a 3x disparity in the previous reporting period, and it is now a sliver, a sliver of the delta, 8K. Sonia Smith closes the gap with 15,000 smackaroos to the progressive candidate, Allison Spillman. We'll talk about that on today's show. I want to ask you this question. The coverage you've seen from legacy or traditional media, television, radio, and print, legacy, traditional, media of yesteryear, do you feel the media coverage for this at-large seat has been fair and balanced? I want to read your opinions online. Katie Pearl, I want to hear your opinion. Lonnie Murray, I want to hear your opinion. Kyle Miller, I want to hear your opinion. Vanessa Parkhill, I want to hear your opinion. Bob Yarborough, Dean Russell, Johnny Ornalis, Andre Xavier, Kevin Yancey, Ray Cadell, Steve Belcher, Georgia Gilmer, Donna Price, Brett Lillard, Tripp Stewart, Seth Liskey, Jamie Turner, Catherine Lochner, Mr. DL, Anonymous, Ginny Hu, Linnell, 
Patty Rowe, Roger Voisinet. I see nine elected officials watching us right now on the program. As the media coverage, legacy, traditional media of yesteryear, has it been balanced and fair for this at-large race? What's your take? Put it in the feed. I'm going to show you images of the Paul Manning Biotech Institute on today's program. Those images released over the weekend. This is going to be a hugely impactful progress project. The UVA Darden School is now ranked number three. It got improved its ranking. Number three, the UVA Darden School of Business in the United States of America, the highest rank the school has ever received from Bloomberg Business Week. The value proposition of a University of Virginia undergraduate or graduate degree continues to get more prestigious, continues to be rooted in pedigree, continues to get rooted in props and prestige. The impact that will have on the community on today's show. Also on the program, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to highlight two pieces of property, one for rent, one for sale. I'm going to highlight a property that's for rent on King Street. I'll give you the address if you want to do a little reconnaissance before I talk about it on the show. 813 King Street. Here's some of the things that struck me about 813 King Street. The monthly rent, $2,050 a month. $2,050 a month. The landlord and the property manager marketing this very small piece of property. I'm talking two bedrooms, one bath, and 775 square feet. I would say this is a tiny home. Am I, am I justified in saying that? Can we weave Judah Wickhauer in a two-shot? Two if I say it's two bedrooms, one bathroom, and 775 square feet, it, am I fair to say this is a tiny home? Yeah, that's a tiny home. That's a tiny home. Definitely. Judah, I'm going to wet the whistles of the viewers and listeners. I'm going to wet your whistle. $2,050 a month. You have to have a 650 credit score. I have no problem with the 650 credit score. This is how they're marketing the property. I'm going to read it verbatim from the listing that's on the inter interwebs right now. I'm looking at Zillow specifically. Qualifications, a 650 credit score, and an income 3x minimum of monthly rent. So if it's 2050 a month, 2050 times 12, that's $24,600. For the sake of conversation, let's call that 25K. They're saying bare minimum, bare minimum, and the bare minimum is not going to get picked, Judah. Yeah. The bare minimum will not get picked. At minimum, if you want to rent this house, you have to make 75 Gs a year. Bare minimum. Yeah. That puts renting in Charlottesville in perspective. We're also going to highlight, Judah, another property on the show. This one's for sale. It's 239 Monta Vista. I'm looking at this property on Realtor.com. 239 Monta Vista Avenue, ladies and gentlemen. This home is 100 years old. It's legitimately a 100-year home. Four bedrooms, two baths, a 100-year home, Monta Vista Avenue, this is how, and, and, and to say the home needs TLC is an understatement. 
The outside of the home needs TLC. The inside of the home needs tremendous TLC. They only have eight photos in the photo slideshow on the listing. That puts things in perspective from a branding and advertising standpoint. We do this professionally for a living. Are we on a two-shot, Judah? Yeah. If there's eight photos in the carousel of images, what does that tell you, branding and advertising aficionado? Uh, they didn't want to be bothered to take more pictures. or They're, they're hiding something. Or there's not enough rooms to really make more pictures uh, something that would be necessary. The images do not lead to demand excitement. When you see a home for sale at the $650,000 asking clip and the realtor, I'm not throwing shade on the realtor, Michael Wright of Remax, not throwing shade. He's doing what's best for his seller. He's like, look, we should probably keep it to eight pictures because this house needs work. In the listing copy points, in the listing language, Michael Wright of Remax straight up says, and I'm gonna, this is the first line of the listing language. Extra building lot, diamond in the rough, new city plan zoning could offer great opportunities here and potential for an investor, contractor, or homeowner looking for an upgrade project. Heather Walker put this on my radar. She's the queen of Johnson Village. Heather Walker, you're watching the program right now. Get Heather Walker in the mix. When Heather Walker sends me something, I listen, Heather Walker's in the mix. Props to you, Heather. HLM. HLW. HLW. This home is being sold strictly on upzoning potential. And it's not being sold... It's not being... It's being... The warts and the TLC of this house are smoke and mirrored by upzoning potential. There it is. Being straightforward. I'm going to break this listing down here as the show matures. Also on today's program, UVA is on national TV again. The University of Virginia has played a national televised football game against the Tennessee Volunteers and Nashville. ABC high noon kickoff week one. UVA played an ESPNU national televised game against James Madison University because it was the UVA strong first home game back since the mass shooting and the mass murders of last year. UVA played a nationally televised ball game against the Maryland Terrapins this past Friday night where they were up 14-0 and then ended up losing 42-14. And UVA is playing a national televised ball game against NC State this Friday evening in Charlottesville against Brennan Armstrong and Robert and I and the NC State Wolfpack. The Wolfpack are a nine-and-a-half point favorite. Brennan Armstrong, the former UVA gunslinger, the southpaw, the redhead, the bruiser, a man who has a lot of records here at the University of Virginia from the quarterback position. He's going to come to Charlottesville on Friday night on a nationally televised ball game on ESPN, and he and his offensive coordinator, Robert Anai, who had a bitter effing divorce from UVA, former offensive coordinator of Bronco Mendenhall, Robert Anai, now the offensive coordinator at NC State, these two guys are going to look to hang a C-note on the University of Virginia on Friday. I'm going to talk about this contest today, the over-under at 45 and a half points. Go to a one-shot, then I'll weave you in on a two-shot. The lead of the show, the front page of the newspaper, above the fold, is kingmaker, rainmaker, political aficionado, political influencer, political 
what do you want to call Sonia Smith? She, she, her pocketbook and her purse legitimately determines elections. Look at the data. The data is there. Sonia Smith determines the outcome of elections because she is rich as duck. Quack, 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 quack. She has now kicked Alison Spillman, the progressive candidate, the mother of five, 15 grand. We're not talking a delegate race. We're not talking Sally Hudson Creedeeds in the state Senate. We're not talking Katrina Coulson, Dave Norris, and Bellamy Brown in, in, in a delegate race. Hell, we, we're not even talking a city council race with Snook and Pinkston and Oshrin or a board of supervisor race. We are talking school board. And Sonia Smith has kicked Allison Spillman, the mother of five, 15 G's. We now went from an extremely lopsided delta, an extremely lopsided war chest, treasure chest, with Meg Bryce in the last reporting period having basically a 3x advantage, 45 G's roughly for Spillman's 15K in the last reporting period. You can find all this information on vpat.org. I love the website. I love data. I love looking at the numbers. I love data. That war chest, that treasure chest, that delta is now 8K difference. $67,000 raised by Dr. Meg Bryce, who I would characterize as center-leaning right, to 59000 raised for Allison Spilbin. Call it 67K versus 59K for Allison Spillman, who I would call or characterize her as progressive. We now have a delta of $8,000. I'm going to give Allison Spillman some props right now. Allison Spillman. Someone tell her I'm giving her some props right now. I don't want to hear any mumbo-jumbo from the Spillman campaign that I'm one-sided in my coverage. I have someone who I'm going to vote for, and I'm open who I vote for, but Spillman gets props. She went from being 3x in the hole, 15 versus 45, to have the gap closed to $8,000. And she knocked on Sonia Smith's door and said, Miss Smith, the rainmaker, the kingmaker, the political influencer, I need your help. Please help me. And she got 15 smackaroos from Sonia Smith. And I would not be surprised if there's more money on the horizon from Sonia. Then Allison Spillman, I'm giving you more props, Spillman, took her campaign dollars and her receipts and her donations to the Daily Progress and said, Daily Progress, look at all the money I just raised in this reporting period. I want you to get the exclusive before it comes out on VPAP. And the Daily Progress covered the story exactly like Allison Spillman wanted the story covered. We have an at-large school board race, my friends, my beloved viewers and listeners, that is not only the talk of Almaro County, not only the talk of Charlottesville, not only the talk of Central Virginia, 
but this is going to be one of the most followed school board races in the Commonwealth of Virginia and beyond. I'm told the Washington Post, one of their staff writers, same class as me at the University of Virginia, we're on a text chain together, is looking at covering this story. And of course, it's a story worth covering. It has all the wrinkles. It has the foundation for a movie script of Netflix-worthy proportion. It's interesting. It's not silver screen proportion anymore. It's Netflix-worthy proportion. You have a daughter of a Supreme Court justice, a late Supreme Court justice. You have a mother of four who's got her kids in private school. You have a candidate in a progressive community and a progressive voting bloc trying to assimilate her ideology into said progressive jurisdiction. Her opposition is a mother of five. Mother of four versus mother of five. Mother of four, kids in private. Mother of five, kids in public. Mother of four wants the teacher, parent, student communication to be transparent, communicative, and open. If a child is identifying as the opposite sex in school, as the child identifies at home, the, the mother of four wants the teacher to tell the parents. On the flip side, the mother of five, Spillman, she wants what stays in school, like Las Vegas, what happens in school to stay in school. If it happens in Vegas, it stays in Vegas. Spillman wants the same kind of, I don't want to use the word secrecy, I want to call it, what's the word I'm looking for, Judah? Not secrecy, but in Spillman's eyes, it's safety in Spillman's eyes. A student communicating vulnerable aspects of his or her life with the teacher, Spillman believes that communication should stay almost like a priest and a, a confessional within the confines of the confessional booth. Mm -hmm. You have two candidates that hate each other's effing guts. At the most recent <clears throat> forum, and I will say this, I'm not sure why <coughs> Meg Bryce and Joanne McDermott, the conservative school board candidates, Joanne McDermott running for the Whitehall seat, are skipping so many of these forums. They recently skipped a forum this past Wednesday at Westminster Canterbury of the Blue Ridge on Pantops, a forum hosted by the senior statesman of Virginia. Allison Spillman did not skip this forum. Rebecca Berlin did not skip this forum. And Spillman and Berlin used this opportunity to attack the absentee Meg Bryce and Joanne McDermott. And then the Daily Progress published the attacks. 
So I got a multi-part question for you, the viewer and listener. I want your comments, your perspective, your ideas, your thoughts. I'm going to literally read them in about two minutes after I give you mine. I want to ask you these two questions. Judah, two shot. Judah, two shot. Two shot, Judah. Question number one. Deep throat. Ginny who? Linnell. Dylan's rule. John Blair. The elected officials watching the program. If you want to talk about it on record, let us know. Johnny Ornalis. Bill McChesney. Should, first question, is it a mistake that the center conservative candidates, Meg Bryce and Joanne McDermott, are skipping visible forums? Yeah, I think Second so. question, is the traditional legacy yesteryear media coverage from print, radio, television balanced? Is the media, TV, radio, and print balanced in its coverage of these school board races? Shows Judah Wickhowers, then I'm going to offer perspective that I'll get to the viewer and listener. Uh, I think they are making a mistake by not showing up and making their voices heard, um, engaging the public and uh, engaging the um, the discussion, uh, whatever discussion they have with the uh, with the other candidates. And I think the second question is informed by the first question because it's kind of hard to be balanced when half of your uh, half of your candidates are not showing up for uh, you know for an event like this. Um, what are you going to do? You're going to try to call the candidates and ask them how they would have responded if they'd shown up. I'm 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 not really sure why they would uh, they would choose to leave this unless they thought they were just going to be blindsided by uh, uh, by I don't know purely uh, purely left leaning questions uh, or bias. I honestly don't know. Anything else you want to add? No. I'm going to cut to the chase. And I'm going to be very straightforward here. I think Joanne McDermott and Dr. Meg Bryce should be at every forum, meet and greet, handshaking ability, handshaking opportunity, baby kissing opportunity, parade standing at the corner, standing on the side of the road like Rob Bell used to with Rob Bell signs, they should be doing all that. Albemarle County is a district that is purple. Mm -hmm. Purple on a good day for conservatives. Skipping forums, skipping meet and greets, skipping debates, skipping handshaking opportunities and baby kissing chances is a strategic mistake. Any coverage is good coverage. Mm -hmm. Any coverage is good coverage. And to Judah's point, how is the Daily Progress, which covered this past Wednesday's senior statesman forum at the Blue Ridge, Westminster Canterbury, the Blue Ridge on Pantops, how are they going to offer balanced coverage of this event if Bryce and McDermott are not there. Yeah. But I'm going to push back a little bit on Judah's take. Today's 
reporter is a reporter that is young and fresh out of college, a byproduct of higher education. Today's reporter is underpaid, undervalued, underappreciated, and utilizing a media market like Charlottesville, which is minuscule, as a resume builder or as a spring or trampoline to a larger market. Today's reporter, radio, newspaper, and television, is a byproduct of the school they just graduated from. And four-year education breeds a liberal ideology. Today's reporter is supposed to be unbiased, but today's reporter, like all of us, is human. And that biasness inherently, indirectly, subconsciously, is going to creep into reporting. And I do not believe the media coverage of this race has been down the road, balanced. Middle of the road, balanced. Every time someone covers Bryce, whether it's print, radio, or television, they make mention of two things early in the story. You know what those two things are? Um, I'm guessing one of them is the fact that she pulled her kids out of uh, public school and one sent them to private school. Uh, would the other be her, her father? Two. I'm with you on all that. I, th I think you're right. Um, I Specifically talking about the coverage that they have given her when she has been there. Yeah, I think you're right. Are the, is, it re, is her father relevant to, to any discussion of her, Bingo. of her platform? The media is doing the same thing Spillman is trying to do. Stereotype or typecast Bryce as a voiceless woman that is a robot of her father's ideology. Yeah. And that is dangerous typecasting. That is the type of typecasting that marginalizes young women. Mm -hmm. That says, young women, stay in the kitchen, stay in the house, you're a homemaker, learn your role. That is dangerous. Keep the apron on. Dangerous. I had a conversation over the weekend with a mother of four. She is not a candidate in any of this race. I'm going to use her first name only. Her first name is Mary. She has four daughters that are talented athletes. And she said this while I was watching athletic competition over the weekend. I am raising my daughters to have success in a world where they do not see gender restrictions. I am raising my daughters, she said to me, in a way where they feel they can do anything they want. Empowered, confident, champions. She said, I am raising my daughters, and her husband is often on the road, often on the road for the business of construction 
at various construction sites as a heavy hitter. And she said, I want to raise my daughters in a way where they believe they can do whatever they want in this world and it's not tied to being a man or a woman. Hmm. And I'm sitting over there listening to this, this mom, this woman that I have so much respect for because I've seen what her daughters have blossomed into and I'm like, God, I'm getting effing goosebumps sitting next to you, standing next to you, hearing how you're raising your four girls. These four girls are going to do whatever the F they want in their life, and I just want our sons around them. The media coverage of this race is dangerous because it's marginalizing a candidate. What I'm trying to do is offer balanced coverage. I started the show by giving Spillman props for closing the gap fundraising dollars. I started the show by saying Spillman is smart, political science-wise, by going to all these meet and greets, all these forums, all these handshaking opportunities, all these baby kissing opportunities. I started the program by saying Spillman went to the Rainmaker. And there's people on the feed. Catherine Lochner asked this question. Who is Sonia Smith? I'm going to tell you who Sonia Smith is, and then I'll get to your comments, and I'll relay them live on air. Sonia Smith is arguably the most influential or second most influential individual when it comes to politics in the Commonwealth of Virginia. The number one most influential entity the number one most influential entity in the Commonwealth of Virginia is Dominion Electric. Dominion Electric straight up gets people into office by massive campaign contributions. The next two most influential entities or people are human beings. And that's Sonia Smith and her husband, Michael Bills. Probably Michael Bills is in the two slot because not only does Michael Bills donate money as Michael Bills the person, he also donates money through his pack. What's the Michael Bills pack called? Clean Virginia? I believe it's the Clean Virginia Fund. They also have another pack called the Commonwealth Forward Fund, the Commonwealth Forward Pack. Bills, however, I don't see him getting super involved at the grassroots level like school board. Sonia Smith just kicked Allison Spillman 15 Gs. The money that is in the at-large school board race right now is more money than all the Board of Supervisor races in Almaro County combined. Hell, I could bundle, I bet you this, and I would have to research this. Maybe Deep Throat. Are you watching the program, Deep Throat? Deep Throat is. I got a question for you, Deep Throat, then I'm going to read your comments. This is the question I have for you, Deep Throat. If you took all the money for the Albemarle County School Board races and you combined it for all the money for the Albemarle Board of Supervisor races... 
and you excluded the at-large race, would the funds raised during the at-large race be more than all the Board of Supervisor races combined and all the school board, race, school board races combined? If you took all the Albemarle County School Board races and all the Board of Supervisor races except for Bryce for Spillman, I would bet you Bryce for Spillman is the total from this race is more than the supervisor races and the school board races combined. Bryce for Spillman is legitimately, I'm just going to use 67,000 and 59,000. That's $126,000. Mm-hmm. And there's still another filing period. Deep Throat's doing the tabulation. I would love to know how close, Deep Throat. Now I'm going to read his comments, then I'll get to your comments. Deep Throat, comment number one. Sonia Smith should take a break for a few years after giving the city crazy Nakia Walker, not to mention, this is Deep Throat's words, the poverty pimps at LAJC, a 10 million unrestricted gift. Deep Throat also says, it depends on the forum. I do not think it was wise to, keep the se- to skip the senior statesman of Virginia forum. That's a fair forum. I could see why they may skip a forum put on by those whose ideological bent suggests they would be sandbagged or ambushed. I'm shocked that they skipped mm-hmm. this forum. Stacy Baker Patty, I'm coming to you next. She says, but remember to follow the money. The article penned by the Allison Spillman camp. That's hypocrisy now. We follow the money and we see what Spillman has raised. Stacy Baker Patty also says, that was done for 30 people on a Wednesday morning afternoon. Why would Joan even go as it is highly likely not going to impact Whitehall? Meg will be speaking publicly tomorrow. Not sure who will be participating. There's absolutely no balance in reporting, but it's what we come to expect. She also says, Jerry, you make excellent points on the show. Katie Pearl says, would Sonia Smith be donating to Spillman if Meg was not Justice Scalia's daughter? That's a great question. I think a better question might be, would she donate if uh, she didn't think that, uh, that Allison Spillman was losing? Another great question. Another great question right there by Judah B. Wickhauer. Is the Spillman donation, is the Sonia Smith donation to Spillman in a direct reflection of the kingmaker thinking Spillman is losing at this point of the race? Because otherwise, why would she need the, in, the infusion? Fantastic question. Anything else you want to contribute, jump in anytime. That was valuable contribution. I prefer mentioning comments on air that are in the comment section. Bill McChesney on McIntyre, on uh, the mayor of McIntyre, Bill McChesney. The family relationship is irrelevant. The fact her kids are not in public schools is an indication that she may not be as invested in the public schools as I would hope. I can't vote in this race. He lives in the city. 
He says the fact her kids are not in public schools is an indication that she may not be as invested in the public schools as I would hope. That's from Bill McChesney. Your thoughts on that, Judah? Uh, I understand the uh, I understand the feeling, and I've you know I, we've heard that uh, we've heard that statement before, but I mean if you are come on if you if you don't think that the the school is doing a good job their one job to uh teach your kids and you've got the means to send them somewhere where you think that will happen is that a is that a demerit against every person that wants the best for their children and takes them out of the public schools i find that a bit uh odd shouldn't we all be wanting the best for our children and if that means taking them somewhere we think they'll get the best. I mean, there are people that send their kids to, to Fork Union Military Academy because maybe because they need the, uh, they need the, um, you know, they need someone to give them a sharp kick to the pants every once in a while. That doesn't mean that they, uh, you know, it, at some point you have to do what's best for your kids. And if, they're, and if the best is not, is not being provided at the public school, then find what's best for your kids. I don't care who you are, right? I don't have kids, so it's you know kind of a moot point in my case, but uh, for the rest of you out there, do you not want what's best for your kids? And if you found it somewhere other than the public schools, would you not avail yourselves of that? Judah Wickhauer dropping dimes. Deep throat tallied the fundraising dollars. Are you ready for this? Judah, are you ready for this? Mm -hmm. He tallied the fundraising dollars for the Board of Supervisor races. He okay. tallied the fundraising dollars for all the school board races except for Bryson Spillman. Are you ready for this? He rounded it to the thousand. Bryson Spillman combined $126,000 of fundraising dollars. All the Board of Supervisor races in Almora County and all the other school board races in Almora County. A total combined amount of less. $126,000. Hmm. It is an effing dead heat. Wow. One race at large is at the same cumulative fundraising total of every other Albemarle County election possible this year. Yeah. Think about that. A dead heat. In the latest VPAP reports, Kate Sharks, the Queen of Ivy, watching the program. I respect her opinion significantly. She makes mothering look easy and effortless. What did you think of the Daily Progress coverage, Kate Sharks, of the Crozet debate? Did you think it was fair? Did you think it was balanced? Did you think it was skewed? Stephanie Nicole Vili, V-I-E-L-E. Stephanie, I believe you're a first-time commenter. She says, Amen, Judah. Vanessa Parkhill in Earliesville. Does every current school board member have kids in school? I don't think so. Yono Okaro likely did not. Not sure about the others. That's a great counterpoint. Yeah. Does that make them unfit for the, for the seat as well? Judah Wickhauer dropping dimes. That's the counterpoint for Bryce. Last check, Graham Page doesn't have kids in schools. He's a grandpappy. Hmm. Grandpappy. 
a poppy, a granddaddy, a gramps. Stacy Baker Patty says, Amen, Judah. Carol Thorpe, Sonia has been an ATM for every Democrat in Alboro and Charles for, for years without any regard to whether or not they are good candidates. Sonia Smith got Nakia Walker elected, among other things. It was a confluence, if you may, of circumstances. A12, 2017, we were fresh off that, mm-hmm. August 12, 2017. Sonia Smith, Nakaya's ability to utilize the public debate nature of city council meetings through the public comment period to gain notoriety. Look at Nakaya Walker's face. Someone tagged, someone tagged Nakaya Walker on this. Am I, are we on a two-shot? Yeah. Look at Nakaya Walker's Facebook post now. Someone let Nakaya say, no, I'm talking about this. You look at Nakaya's Facebook post now. Pull out your phone, Judah. Bust out your phone. I'm looking on here. Go on a two-shot. Look at her Facebook post now. Look at the engagement she's getting on these posts. Just scroll down. It's nothing. The entire community has moved on. Her influence has been whittled down like a number two pencil after the SAT test. Scroll down the Nakaya Walker Facebook page. There's zero engagement on these posts. At one time, she had the engagement level that was synonymous with the I Love Seville network on social media. Now it's crickets. You see? What are you seeing, Judah? No engagement, right? Very little. If anything at all. Most of the posts, no engagement at all. The community has forgotten has moved on and has said enough already. And that's probably what happens when you compare the city you represent to rape and cum stain sheets. Catherine Lochner says, a cuff does not have kids in Almore County Public Schools. Alcaro had one, but not during his tenure. Was it during his tenure, Alcaro's? Page, no kids in the school systems. Catherine Lochner, who ran for school board, also says this, and this is a damn good comment from Catherine Lochner. I'm allowed, my wife said I'm allowed to say D-A-M-N. There you go. It's PG-13. She says that's acceptable. Cap it at that. She told me that. Catherine Lochner said, this is a great comment. Are you ready for this one? Mm-hmm. All businesses need to be invested in public education to ensure that job candidates are well-rounded and have enough skill to perform work and benefit from further education and so they can hire within this community. I'll give it an amen to that. You give that an amen? Yeah. Let's go to Twitter. Twitter's blowing up. Twitter. Ginny Hu. Ginny Hu on Twitter disagrees with Bill McChesney vehemently. She says, I completely disagree with Bill McChesney, the mayor of McIntyre. 
I think it shows that Dr. Bryce is even more invested. That is the counter-argument. Uh, a Twitter account that hides behind a fake name says, anyone with a famous parent who runs for office lives with that link, male or female. Trying to make this about unfair treatment of women is absurd and a red herring. Bryce's policy positions are a byproduct of her upbringing and highly relevant to voters. Try tweeting from an actual name and I will take you seriously. Accounts that utilize fake names are the dregs of society. The dregs of humanity. I comment and analyze and share perspective as Jerry Miller every single day. I have no problem tying my commentary and my analysis to my name. What do you make of the dregs comment, Judah? Anyone with a famous parent who runs for office with that link, male or female, trying to make this about unfair treatment of women is absurd and a red herring. Bryce's policy positions are a byproduct of her upbringing and highly relevant to voters. I think that is utter... Okay, go ahead. Uh, I, I agree with what, you're, with what you were going to say. Um, utter crap? You said utter crap? I mean, why not look at every candidate's parents then? Why, exactly. Like, why not, why not treat everybody with the same, you know, with the same spatula? Like, really, I'm, I, I get what you're saying, but we're all the subject of the things that we learn from our parents. We're also the subject of things we learn from teachers, from mentors, from friends and family. <laughs> and, and you can't distill one person down to one, uh, you know... Sperm and an egg. Yeah. You can't distill one person down to a sperm and an egg, dreg of society commenting from a fake account. You can... You could even take you could even take her father's stances and her stances and and point at both of them and say, "Look, they're ex exactly the same." But you still have to admit that she's an adult and she has made her own decisions on those matters. There it is. You're dropping knowledge bombs today, dude. Thank you. You're crushing. Kate Sharks, Queen of Ivy. Yes, as a mama of four with my kids in public school, I would not want to put myself through what Meg is putting herself through. She obviously cares deeply about this. Catherine Lochner, all candidates are byproducts of their parents. Yeah. But Sounds we like we need to get Allison's parents in the mix. Utilizing the parent angle is called... Desperation. It's also called mudslinging. It's called Barack Hussein Obama. Barack Hussein Obama. When he was running for U.S. president. John Blair made that point. JB's got some comments I think I got to get to. The show is blowing up. This network is blowing up. This show is blowing up. You know why it's blowing up? Do you know why the I Love Seville show is blowing up? And it's become the 
media platform of record for this community. Do you know why, Judah? Because we're covering things? Because we use long-form content and not 30-second or 15-second sound bites. Because we position the content on social media where everyone lives upon their phones in their hands. Because we cover things through a lens of authenticity and honesty and straightforwardness. Because we cut through the crap. John Blair on LinkedIn. Here's an idea of how much one $15,000 donation is in a school board race. In 2022, there were five candidates for three seats on the Stanton School Board. This was a highly contested election with plenty of signs, candidate forums, etc. The five candidates for Stanton School Board raised a combined total of $15,400. Per the VPAP website, the two candidates for only one seat in Almoral County have raised $126,000 combined. John Blair, Deep Throat just tallied the fundraising dollars for the other school board seats that are up for election and for the other board of supervisor seats that are up for election. You get that combined number and you get $126,000. It's a dead effing heat. I mentioned this live on air. Thank you for watching. JB. Love when that man watches the program. Love when you watch the program, John Blair. Anything else you want to get to, Judah? Be Wickhauer. Um. Yeah. There's a fun little. Uh, ev- well, not an event so much as we a- can go to the next show. This doesn't have to be your closing thoughts. I'm just meant on this topic oh, okay. specifically. No. Anything on this? No. I have been approached left and right, Judah, by viewers and listeners of our Fine and Fair talk show Mm -hmm. looking to talk about this race. This race, I mark this down. This race will yield the highest voter turnout in Albemarle County voting history. I will bet you guys that this race yields the highest voter turnout, voter count in Albemarle County, Virginia history. Deep Throat throwing jabs over here. Deep Throat, I love it. Love when you watch the program, Deep Throat. He says, Nakia Walker doesn't have a city-issued credit card to buy gift cards for Facebook commenters. Too bad. So sad. No pay. No play. Speaking on Nakaya's lack of Facebook engagement. And Deep Throat says, yes, on the highest voter count, and it's a double off year. No presidential election, no governor's race. This will have the most effing votes in Almoral County history this race right here, and we don't have a president race, we don't have a governor race on the ticket to drive people out. Like, I am so passionate about this. Alex Witten on LinkedIn. Alex, I think you're a first-time commenter. Giving you props. Props to the first-time commenter on LinkedIn. He says, I will mention this on air. The Daily Progress this morning called Meg Bryce a right-wing extremist. Wow. I'm looking at the article. I'm going to confirm. The headline they use, am I, 
put me, all right, which camera is it, this one? Here's yeah. the headline they used. You see it? Can they see it? Yeah. Meg Bryce, Joanne McDermott labeled radical right after declining forum invitation. That's the effing headline in the newspaper of record. What in the H-E double hockey sticks? I'm trying to look for the extremists. What paragraph, Alex Witten, is that in? Let me know the paragraph, Alex Witten. And I'll read it out loud. Witten dropping dimes on LinkedIn. <coughs> Alex Witten says this, dude, amen, brother. Dude, amen, brother. Alex Witten on LinkedIn literally said this. The fact that there has been zero accountability on the Chris Seaman fake website, except for the I Love Seville show, is deplorable and insane. Yeah. Literally, the fact that there has been zero accountability about Chris Seaman except for your show is insane. I'm going to tell you this right now. Are we on a two-shot? Yeah. If Bryce had purchased AllisonSpillman.com Oh, yeah. And then Bryce... Her campaign manager created a political action committee, and that political action committee then built a website, and it was incorrectly done, and it was linked back to Bryce as the person who did the phony website and the mudsling on a, on a URL tied to Allison Spillman. That, I swear, would be on the front page of the Washington Post. Yeah, I believe it. That would be on the front page of the Washington Post. That would be on the front page of the Richmond Times-Dispatch, the front page of the Daily Progress. NBC 29 and CBS 19 would lead with it. SIVA Weekly would have a cover story out of this. That would literally be the lead story for multiple news cycles of archaic, legacy, traditional media. No doubt. Mark that down. Hammer the like button if you agree with that statement. Hammer it right now. Like the show on Twitter if you agree with that right now. If the roles were reverse and the Christopher Seaman was not on the Spillman side, but the Bryce side, that would be regional, mid-Atlantic, or national news. If you agree with that, hammer the like button. All right, real safe. First, let's get to the Paul Manning Biotech Institute design images. This is what the Paul Manning Biotech Institute is, is going to look like. You got those on screen? Just about. This is from the University of Virginia. Images courtesy of the University of Virginia. The illustration by Elkis Manfredi Architects. E-L-K-U-S Manfredi. M-A-N-F-R-E-D-I Architects. Illustrations by Elkis Manfredi. Is it one pick or two pictures showing? Or all the picks, Judah? Uh, scrolling through all of them. Ah, oh, Judah Wickhauer is doing amazing work today. We're sliding, we're, we're showing those on screen? Yep. 
Gosh, you're killing it today, dude. Thank you. You are crushing it today. I'm going to tell you right now, the University of Virginia is already telling the community that this Paul Manning Biotech Institute is going to legitimately, it is a $350 million institute in the Fontaine Avenue area. It's been largely funded by $100 million by Paul Manning and his better half, Diane Manning, of PBM fame. One of the key components of the master plan for the Fontaine Research Park, UVA said expect 3,000 incremental citizens to the community with deep six-figure jobs tied to this school alone. 3,000 new people to Central Virginia with deep six-figure jobs because of this, these buildings and this institute alone. All right, let's get to King Street. Give me King Street on screen. Ladies and gentlemen, 813 King Street, 813 King Street, being marketed right now by PMI Commonwealth. I have no problem with the marketing of this property. I am just literally putting in perspective what it takes to rent a house in the city of Charlottesville. This home is 700, get ready for this. Are you ready for this, Judah? Mm-hmm. This home is two bedrooms and it's one bathroom. Yep. It's 775 square feet. The monthly rent is $2,050. You're basically talking $25K a year in rent. To rent this house, you need to have a 650 credit score. I have no problem with the 650 credit score. And you yep. have to have minimum 3X the income of the rent. Yeah. And the person that has the 75K, the 3X minimum, is not going to get selected. Because that's the bare minimum. And here's the craziest thing of all of this. Are you rotating the photos on screen? Yeah. These are courtesy of P PMI Commonwealth. Listen to this, ladies and gentlemen. Viewers and listeners of all shapes and sizes. We're equal opportunity employers. We don't mind Dove's fat liberation campaign. We love women and men of all shapes and sizes. Do we have a problem with Dove partnering with Zayana Bryan, a Black Lives activist leader who, who tried to ruin a UVA student's life? We got a problem with that? This house, they are marketing this listing where you need a 650 credit score and you need to have 3x the income of the rent, minimum 75G, they're legitimately telling the folks that it's going to be an active construction site for months. A renovation project will play, take place during tenancy. Renovation will take months to add a bedroom and bathroom onto the back of the home. So Judah, not only minimum 75Gs, King Street is, dude, one of the murders last year was in the King Street neighborhood, King Street area. Eldridge, Skeeter, Smith, Charlottesville, murder. Grove Street is where he was murdered. Let's look at where Grove Street and King Street are. Can you get a map? Grove Street and King Street. Grove Street, Charlottesville. 
Jeez Louise. They're parallel. Grove Street and King Street are parallel to each other. <laughs> this is where murders happen. That's not fair, though. You don't think that's fair? No, I don't think that's entirely fair. You don't think using crime data and past murders to indicate the safety of a neighborhood is fair? Uh, in some regards, but this is also Charlottesville. You're not talking about, like, there being a murder there every year, are you? Are we on a two-shot? Yeah. You're telling me, and we can agree to disagree, this makes for great content for a talk show. What Grove Street, where Eldridge Skeeter Smith was murdered, is parallel to what? Uh, King Street. King Street is where this house is being marketed, where you need minimum of 75 G's a year and take-home pay to, to rent. Yeah. And you're going to be living during an active construction project where they're going to look to expand the house, a bedroom and a bathroom, saying, suck it up. If you want to rent from us, you're going to make 75 G's minimum. You're going to have a 650 credit score, and we're going to make your life miserable for months. And it's parallel to a road where a man got murdered, a father. And you don't think that should be considered? Should it be considered? Probably. Would you want your son and daughter renting there? Would you rent there? Who's that who just walked by right there in the jacket? Talking about the mayor? There's the mayor. You're telling me that doesn't matter? Mr. DL just retweeted the show. I think it's a consideration, but looking Use at... Use the bananas. What? Use bananas. Really? I lived, in, I lived in South Central. This is Charlottesville. You're seriously saying that you would, be, you would not walk down King or Grove Street because somebody was murdered there once. <laughs> at what time of day? That wasn't the question. Would I walk down King or Grove Street during the day? Yes. Sure. Would I walk down King or Grove Street after midnight? Can I Uber? What are you you're gonna Uber through the neighborhood? Moms and dads? How do you feel? Perspective changes when you're a parent. No doubt. Should there be some type of fund to help people who have kids in those neighborhoods get out of there? Are they, are they all... What kind at, of fund? Are they all at constant risk of, of being shot? Historically, the crime happens in the same pockets of the city. Year after year after year after year after year. Okay, so there should be some statistics that are easy to find showing that these are clearly unsafe neighborhoods, right? I, I would bet you Deep Throat has the data that okay. King and Grove have very sketchy elements to them. That's fair. One of my good buddies whose wedding is on the horizon lived right here, and I know firsthand that this area 
was Super Shades. No doubt. Super Shades. Deep Throat, I would say the level of crime in that area is not such that living there is untenable, but it is enough that it is a disamenity. We'll agree That's to fair. disagree on that one. Why we brought this up was the income requirement to rent a house where they're literally telling you it's going to be a construction zone for most of your first year in the lease. That is something that caught my attention and why I talked about it on this program. Furthermore, let's put the next house on. 239 Montrose Avenue. 239, oh, excuse me. Monta Vista. Monta Vista, I stand corrected, thank you. 239 Monta Vista Avenue. 239 Monta Vista Avenue. You rotating the photos on screen? I am now. Anytime that somebody's selling a house for an asking price of $650,000 and there's only eight images, eight images in the photo slideshow, you know that house has some TLC issues. However, what this house does have in its favor, ladies and gentlemen, is upzoning. And the agent is no fool. The agent, and I respect your hustle, I respect your hustle, sir, is a REMAX realtor named Michael Wright. And in the language to promote, market the listing, Mr. Wright says, upzoning. Mr. Wright says, you have an opportunity, extra building lot, diamond in the rough, new city plan zoning, could offer great opportunities here. $650,000 with the price per square foot of $306 per square foot for a home that is 100 years old. I said it first. I said it repetitively and consistently. I never changed my tune. I have hours, tens of hours, if not hundreds of hours of documented proof on social channels about this statement. Upzoning and rezoning will cause this community to experience sticker shocks and price points it never thought it would see. It makes the dirt opportunistic, which leads to speculation. Opportunistic dirt and speculation leads to expensive real estate transactions. Expensive real estate transactions at the same time of high interest rates, at the same time of expensive labor, at the same time of expensive cost of goods, and at the same time that 8,000 people are moving to this area will translate into expensive birth real estate, expensive constructed real estate. Upzoning and rezoning will do nothing for affordability. I have years of documentation with those statements on this show. Market the F down. Then the last headline, as we finish today's newspaper, is the sports section. We'll close with our commentary, our op-eds. The final thoughts will be op-eds from here on out. NC State, UVA, Friday night, 7.30 p.m., ESPN, national TV. The Wahoo football team is horrendous. 
They are 0-3. They are 9.5-point underdogs. The over-under is 45.5. Brennan Armstrong now plays for NC State. Former coordinator Robert Anai is now the offensive coordinator in Raleigh for the NC State Wolfpack. Robert Anai had a bitter divorce with UVA. Brennan Armstrong, a bitter divorce with UVA. These guys are coming to Scott Stadium on a national televised game on Friday evening looking to hang 100 points on Tony Elliott's football program. I want to see what happens when this program goes 0-4. And I'm starting to look at the schedule right now, and I'm wondering, where is two victories going to come from on the season? Boston College is the following week in Chestnut Hill. Boston College took it to Florida State. <clears throat> Almost beat the Seminoles. William & Mary is no cupcake. Saturday, October 7th at Scott Stadium. Could this team post a bagel in the win column this year? Could this team not win a football game this year? And if that's the case, in two years, Tony Elliott would have won three games. That is the definition of hot seat and the goodwill that Coach Elliott has accrued, the good equity that Coach Elliott has accrued with how he's managed the mass murders of last year is eroding quickly. And that's the sports section. Let's close with op-ed, two-shot, Judah, op-ed. The show is yours anywhere you want to go. What is your op-ed? I was just going to say that there's a cool little uh, uh, costume swap party that uh, the Jefferson-Madison Regional Library is, is holding. Um, most people, I'm sure, just throw out their costumes when they're done with them because uh, their kids' costumes because your kid's not going to want to wear the same costume two years in a row and <clears throat> their younger siblings are probably not going to wear their old costumes. And this is a great way of recycling you can turn in costumes and then go and uh, and pick out costumes that other people have uh, have donated, and uh, and for people that don't have costumes to donate, you can still come in and pick out costumes that were uh, brought in. I think it's a great little uh, uh, a great event that will uh, help kids, um, you know, help kids learn about recycling, help kids find a great costume, and uh, and hopefully save some families some money time and give us the who what when where why real quick uh jefferson madison regional library uh from now until september 28th you can bring your child's gently used costumes by the central library campus uh for each donation you get a ticket that can be redeemed on october 1st at 2 p.m to pick out a new costume and if you haven't brought a costume you uh, I believe that uh, you can uh, you can get a costume at 3 p.m. So people who have turned in costumes get first pick, and then anybody else can come in and snag any any leftover costumes. A couple of comments I want to get to: Carrington King Grossman. Carrington King Grossman. It's not just that she doesn't have kids in public schools, Carrington King Grossman says. 
Meg says she pulled her kids because she lost faith in the county during COVID, but doesn't say exactly which decision she disagreed with. That signals more than just wanting the best for her kids, especially given her reputation is connected to Moms for Liberty. That's a anti-Bryce um, comment that I am reading on air for balance analysis on today's show. I mention this live on air. Carol Thorpe, should we be asking if Sonia Smith has children within the Albemarle County public school system as well? Carol Thorpe, nicely done right there, Queen of Jack Jewett. I'm responding to Carol's comment. I mention this live. My closing thoughts in the op-ed section of the I Love Seville show are as follows. Today is Monday, September 18th, 2023. Monday, September 18th, 2023. I have been self-employed for 15 and a half years now, 15 and a half, and I've lived in Charlottesville for 23 years and change. In my 23 plus years of living in and around Charlottesville, Virginia, I no longer get surprised or dismayed by happenings and comings and goings, actions, activities that occur here. Charlottesville and the surrounding area are a cosmopolitan, sophisticated, tony, and highly educated region. And that's undoubtedly because of the University of Virginia. This melting pot of conversation and ideas and concerns and decisions and ideologies makes the community one that is always challenging itself from a brand identity standpoint. What is Charlottesville's brand? Is it ACC Sports? Is it the city of UVA? Is it breweries, vineyards, and wineries, and cideries? Is it the music scene? Is it the restaurant scene? Is it the eight blocks we call the downtown mall? Is it affordability? Is it technology? Is it finance? Is it entrepreneurship? I would say all those elements are the Charlottesville brand. And as we search for an identity fresh, still fresh, off August 12, 2017, I would encourage everyone on either side of the political aisle and on any side of the financial ledger to consider the brand that is Charlottesville 
as one that is still a work in progress, one that we are creating together. And while this election is undoubtedly one of soap opera and one of a Netflix movie script, it is going to make me extremely pleased to know that this will yield the highest voter turnout in Almaro County history. And why that makes me pleased is because people are engaged and they care about Charlottesville and Almaro's future, which is our kids. And let's not forget that. Our future is our children. For Judah Wickhauer, I'm Jerry Miller. This is the I Love Seville Show on Monday, September 18th, 2023.